This week on the penultimate episode of The Masthead, we take a look at VIU's efforts towards reconciliation, talk about a huge settlement for the Snonema First Nation, plus plenty of sports and other things. All that and more coming up right now. It's that time of year Brandy and eggnog There's plenty of cheer There's lights on the trees And there's wreaths to be hung There's mischief and mayhem And songs to be sung Alright, hello and welcome to the Masthead That means it's officially December Which means, I guess, it's officially Christmas uh, Since we've only got two episodes uh, I thought I'd get into the spirit early But welcome to the Masthead The official audio companion to the Navigator newspaper I am your host, Brendan Barlow And this is the news and sports edition of the Masthead Which means we have a brand new issue of the Navigator Available for you right now All you have to do is look for these spicy red cookies And you know you've got the right one As I mentioned before We are on the final issue of the Navigator for 2016 And so we only have two more episodes of the Masthead this year Including this one So after next week you're going to be hearing reruns until the new year so i guess be ready for that uh, as per usual a little housekeeping right off the top first and foremost congratulations to donald louch you've won yourself the 100 dollars to spend at the bookstore hopefully that takes a bit of the burden off and helps ease the stress of your next semester uh, you can connect with me at the show at any time on Twitter with hashtag MastheadRadio and by email at themastheadradio at gmail.com. I check both often and will respond as quickly as possible, even during the show, if you send me something and I notice. If you've missed an episode of The Masthead, you can find all of the past shows on iTunes or whatever app you use for podcasting. Uh, you can head to themastheadradio.wordpress.com or you can head to mixcloud.com slash themasthead to find uh, the most recent bunch of episodes there. So like I said this week, we're going to take a look at v the efforts of VIU towards reconciliation, a huge settlement for the Snanaima First Nation, and of course we're going to be catching up with sports and all kinds of other things. Um, but before we do any of those things, I want to take a minute here and introduce my co-host. You've heard her dish about sex advice and talk everything from asexuality to comical trips to sex shops, uh, and now she's joining me in the studio. Welcome to the show, Diana Pearson. Hey, Brendan. Nice to, nice to be here today. Thanks it for is, having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to finally have you in here. I've been trying to get you on here basically since the show started, so <laughs> it's about time. It's definitely <laughs> about time. <laughs> um, of course, we're going to go right from that to neither of us talking anyway. So um, last week, I introduced a segment of this show called Editorials, and where we hear the editorials from our... our uh, Commanders in chief, uh, and this uh, this week you're going to hear Ma uh, Natalie Gates talk about brunch. So listen to that, and we'll be back when uh, when that's finished. With the looming Kinder Morgan pipeline decision, Trump's ever wavering and often frightening stances on policies and social issues, alt right group gatherings, earthquakes, shockingly racist party photos from Canadian University. The predictably stressful, panic-attack-inducing end-of-semester pester, and endless despair plastered in front of us, I thought it would take this time to talk about breakfast. I love it. You love it. We all love it. But do you relish in all its glory often enough? Personally, it's become a bit of a daily ritual for me. I often go to bed thinking about what I will make when I get up. Scrambled eggs with avocado, toast, and a grapefruit oatmeal with cinnamon, berries, chia seeds, and almonds, a big, thick smoothie packed with everything but the kitchen sink. It doesn't always have to be fancy, 
just has to be made with intention. I wasn't always like this, but now that I've discovered my love, there's no going back. I'm not exaggerating when I say I spend most of my grocery money on breakfast foods. To be fair, I often don't have to be out of the house super early in the day as I work from home and most of my classes are in the afternoon, so this gives me some wiggle room. Still, I got shit to do, so I make sure to carve out a reasonable few minutes to prepare a nom-inducing, nutritious concoction before I start the daily grind. After a workout or simply rolling out of bed and straight into the kitchen to make a steaming cup of coffee or tea to accompany the mini feast, oh yes, there is truly nothing like it. It nourishes your body, fuels you for the crazy day ahead. It sustains your mind and gets the gears moving, cultivates energy in your soul. Maybe it gives you a moment to simply slow down, even if just for a few minutes. Breakfast on days where the schedule is empty after a wake-up is even better. Going out for breakfast? Nay, brunch. Can I get an amen? I'm hooked on the Benny's, man. I can't get enough. That crisp but soft little English muffin... Like a tush that just wants to be bitten, buttered ever so slightly. Then the works, my personal favorites being a creamy, bright green avocado and a crimson roasted tomato. But the possibilities are endless. Atop this is an egg so perfectly formed. It's outer white, smooth and pure. But what it surrounds is where the real glory lies. Mother Nature's natural sauce. A golden orange substance that tastes like no other and drenches the muffin in liquid satisfaction. Despite my obsession with breakfast, I have yet to master poaching an egg, so I bow down to these beauties each time they are placed before me. And finally, that slightly salty, slightly tangy, creamy, I deeply apologize if this has come across as uncomfortably sexual, hollandaise sauce. More like hollandaise, or holidays, because every time you eat it, it's like a freaking celebration in your mouth. And to compliment it, a side ball of fresh, beautiful, rainbow-colored f- fruit cut just right. Never forget your fruits, kids. <sniffs> Don't even get me started on indulgences such as waffles and French toast. So, while, yes, some things in the world suck, breakfast doesn't have to. It can seem like a hassle sometimes, something that's shoved down your throat on the way out the door, but it should be so much more than that when possible. Take the chance to look forward to making your breakfast once in a while. Or grow out if you want. You deserve it. Mama always said, it is the most important meal of the day. All right. So thank you to Natalie for that <laughs> erotically charged conversation about breakfast. And um, any thoughts on breakfast, Diana, now that you've... <laughs> Gosh, what can I say about this? I read this on Friday night when I was editing uh, the paper. And yeah. I just thought, gosh, I would love to spend Saturday morning, um, you know, concocting a delicious breakfast like this and um unfortunately i didn't get to because i was in the middle of writing papers but i I do like the the new expression that she's come up with hollandaise hollandaise (laughs) i'm a big fan oh god okay so (laughs) just not prepared for this to be how the day started and uh speaking of erotically charged i would definitely say that this this was a a trip down the sensual lane which i appreciate so thank you natalie (laughs) i'm a big fan (laughs) Oh my god! Um, yeah, all right. Let's go talk about something else now. Uh, <laughs> um, next week you'll hear Molly's editorial, and I, I for the life of me, can't remember what it is. It's called a costume piece, a prop, a quote, and a soundbite. There you go. It's and about the twenty-four hour screen note playwriting contest. Yep, that's what it's called. So look forward to that. 
Uh, we're going to keep things uh, trucking on and have a look at what's trending in the news. Yeah, I still haven't picked a new one, guys. In the new year, it'll be my my uh, objective. So you guys heard a brief mention given to the uh, Kinder Morgan pipeline, so I figured that's something we should probably talk about. So from the Toronto Sun, um, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau approved two major oil pipeline expansions on Tuesday, including a deeply, the deeply controversial Trans Mountain Line through suburban Vancouver while maintaining his government remains on course to meet its international climate commitments. Uh, the announcement ends the new Liberal government's um, sorry, uh, year-long high-wire act seeking to balance environmental stewardship and the expansion of Canada's resource economy. Uh, we are under no illusions that today the decision we made today will be bitterly disputed by a number of people across the country who would rather we had made another decision, Trudeau said, flanked by a number of his senior cabinet ministers, I guess to make it very apparent that he's got uh, a diverse group of people helping him make this decision. Um, <laughs> awfully cynical, I apologize. Uh, we took this decision today because we believe it is in the best interest of Canadian, of Canada and Canadians. No, you don't. Liberals have been setting the stage for pipeline approval for months, highlighting environmental policy moves like a national carbon price while making the case that jobs, economic boost, and government revenues from fossil fuel exports are critical to the transformation uh, to a low-carbon future. Uh, I think uh, the ticket, the critical to a low carbon future is getting away from fossil fuels. But I mean, that's, I admittedly don't know. Uh, it's been a tough sell. Of course it has. Kinder Morgan's trans mountain expansion has become a lightning rod for climate protests from coast to coast with opponents among from among Trudeau's own caucus of liberal MPs and his political ally, Mayor uh, Vancouver Mayor Gregor Roberts, Robertson. Climate campaigners and indigenous groups immediately attacked the government decision as a betrayal, while the BC Environment Minister Mary Polak issued an uh, anodyne statement noting the uh, the province's own environmental assessment of the Trans Mountain continues. Uh, the fight overshadowed quieter deliberations about Enbridge proposed replacement of Line 3, half a century old pipeline from Alberta to the United States that Trudeau approved Tuesday, effectively doubling its current working capacity. Uh, between the mountain, mount, uh, Trans Mountain and Line 3, the Liberals have approved the export of almost a million additional barrels of oil per day um, and the production of between 23 and 28 million tons of additional greenhouse gases annually. Line 3 can actually handle another 155 million barrels per day, but Enbridge would, not, would, would have to apply for a new permit. Diana, what are your thoughts on this, uh, on this decision? Um, and uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about all this? I don't know if you can feel my rage emanating from over here, but I'm just shaking my head. Yeah. Um. I. I, I have to say that. Um. I. It. It puts me in a rage to see that. Um. These decisions are being made by Trudeau that really are only economy based, and I understand that Canada is in a pretty poor state. Um. As in regards to the economy, but yes, it's just really disheartening to see that. Um. That there are very serious environmental concerns attached to this pipeline, and that. Um, it seems that there's a complete disregard um, from environmental activists, First Nations communities, and um, you know people of of the Canadian public and people in BC. It's just it's pretty atrocious, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. frustrating. And you know, yeah. we we all kind of took it on faith that Trudeau was at least going to be more thoughtful about this kind of thing, uh, and it doesn't yeah. seem that he has. I, I do want to share this. Um, a comedian from Vancouver, Simon King, posted something. Uh, kind of in response to this, and I thought it was 
an interesting look and something to consider worth considering anyway he says i'm obviously not a fan of pipelines i think that the idea that we should mortgage the future of our environment even more so than we already ha do for the prospect of short-term financial gain is reckless however i'm writing this on a computer that uses energy is made from products of fossil fuels industry as indeed most things we use on a daily basis are. Technological advancement, convenience, the luxury of not freezing to death, and being able to eat pineapples in Canada in the winter means that we need the fossil fuels industry, uh, an industry that we take full advantage of. I'm not a fan of the way that things are now, but I know that until the individual is willing to make legitimate and long-term sacrifices and lifestyle changes that dictate a correction in the market away from non-renewable energy, then we, har we can hardly get too upset when the mechanisms that allow us to are allow us our positively luxurious lifestyle comparative to most of the world continue to function behind the scenes to keep our lights on protest is good standing up is good fighting for change is good but the best thing we can and always have been able to do in a consumer reliant economy is to vote with our purchasing power we are spoiled we want everything at the cost of nothing and don't understand the realities of the life we take for granted Markets and companies aren't inherently evil. They are providers of goods and services and the machinery that delivers those to the consumer. The consumer, the person who actually has the final say on what happens, uh, we need to make it profitable to be good for the environment, respectful of Aboriginal people's lands, forward thinking when it comes to the future of our environment and conscientious of our fellow humans. Hypocrisy lands at everyone's feet, mostly due to circumstance, but it doesn't have to stay that way. You want change? Be more wise about where you spend yours. So I thought that was an interesting response, and and he makes some really good points. Is you know we're sitting here in a, a electric booth using radio waves, and we do everything that we do relies on the way things are, and we can't you know have it both ways. Um, and I do wonder when if it came sort of push came to shove, how many would be willing to say you're right? Let's put our cars you know in the garbage or whatever like there, there's obvious things that really need to happen yeah. in order it, it's it's so much bigger than canceling a pipeline or uh, not building a dam or you know like these yeah. are the things that we protest and we should like what's happening down in the states right now they absolutely should be protesting mm -hmm. that and they should fight and keep going and i fully support that but he makes some good points about mm -hmm. there needing to be a bigger change because Unfortunately, we do have a consumerist culture and we do have a uh, capitalist culture and we can't just pretend that that doesn't exist in order to get these other things done. Yeah, that's a really good point. I definitely agree. And I sometimes I feel like these, you know, let's just say, for example, the pipeline um, concerns like something like that or even discussing climate change. It often feels like it's separate from the way we live our lives. Mm -hmm. You know that, like you said, we should be protesting. And I agree, you know, to, to voice our concerns. But at the same time, it feels sometimes like we're living in this kind of like double bind where, yeah. you know, we we don't want these kinds of environmental um, impacts to go through from pipelines but at the same time you know how like he says how are we spending our money yeah um and it's not easy to find um to find environmentally conscious choices or to make those decisions and i don't really think that our culture necessarily always supports it um there's obviously variety you mm -hmm. know amongst different communities in nanaimo mm -hmm. and in bc but definitely i think we need a cultural shift yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's so much more. Yeah, it, you're, you know, it is. It's so much more complicated than saying, Trudeau, you're an asshole because you did this. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, you know, to a point we have to recognize how much how we contribute to it. You know, all yeah. of our posts on Facebook exist because of the 
people who made your computer, the, you know, the electricity that runs the servers that Facebook lives yeah. on. And like, it's, it's all connected to, to everything. And, yeah. you know, I mean, right now, uh, Tesla company is, is, has built a, a solar Island to show off how easy it is to do things solar. Wow. So that, you know, maybe we're looking at that, but we also mm -hmm. have to build solar panels. Like there's yeah. lots of things to consider in, in the decisions that we make and our, our society is kind of built on making those decisions and those yeah. short-term financial successes are what we kind of base our, how we make value out of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just, yeah, something, just another side to that conversation, um, I suppose. What else have we got here? Um, Tom Price, why did I thought, think that that said Pence? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, they're changing Obamacare. It's going to be bad. America's doomed. Uh, Donald Trump says that the prime minister of Pakistan is a good guy and is willing to play any role that Pakistan wants to address and find solutions to the country's outstanding problems. So that's uh, humanitarian, I guess. And uh, Trump says he will back away from business to focus on the White House. So, that I mean, what did he think was going to happen? Like... Well, he's just moving from, you know, managing one business to managing another, so. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, yeah, he he's apparently going to be stepping away from his business so that he can be a, the best darn president he can. So there you go. I, I would read more of those. I've just, I'm tired. I can't, I can't do the Trump stories anymore. Uh, yeah, there's only so much you can take. Yeah, there really is only so much you can take. So we're going to take a take a pause here and play some music. Uh, the Weeknd finally released his album, which is called Starboy. And uh, he has another song on it featuring Daft Punk. And this one actually sounds like it features Daft Punk. And now I forgot what I think was Starboy was this other song that featured them. And it didn't sound like they were there. But I Feel It Coming featuring Daft Punk does absolutely sound like they're there. So we're going to play this and uh, we'll come back when it's over with uh, Diana and more stuff. So stick around. You want. You've been scared of love. 
Weekend featuring Daft Punk, and I guess it sounds like they're there because they're literally singing at the end of the song. But uh, we, so usually we wait and do Dirty in the Nav uh, during the Arts and Features Day, which is our loosey goosey fun day. But I have Diana here, and it makes absolutely no sense not to do it with her in the studio. So we're going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to do Dirty in the Nav live for the first time. So get your, your earmuffs ready for people that don't like hearing about sex. Because that's what we're talking about. Um, Diana, introduce us to what we're talking about uh, this week. All right. I'd be happy to. Um, So this week, the column that I wrote is called uh, Dirty in the Nav, Science, Sexism, Media, and the Body Binary. Um, So it's, you know, it's a lot of words to, to, a lot of concepts to bring together. Um, But in a nutshell, uh, we are going to be talking about the way the scientific method, although it has been... you know, forwarded lots of progress in terms of health and and well-being in the medical field. Uh, it's also caused some problems for the black and white ways in which the medical model sees women's bodies in particular. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about the way media headlines reduce these scientific studies to even further create confusion <laughs> about women's bodies. Yep. And um, it's 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 a bit, you know, th- there's a bunch of themes weaved in here. So 
looking forward to talking with you about it. Okay, so this came from, was the whole thing inspired by the uh, male birth control story that broke a little while ago? Or would you say that, you, you know, it was just a, way, a nice way to like frame it all together? Um, well. Or the response to the male birth control study anyway? Yeah, I was curious. You know, I mean, we've been for years, we've been looking at, you know, hoping that there will be a male birth control pill. And I think it's great that they they did do a study that is working on injections. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say in part, this was definitely inspired by that. But it's something that I've been looking at for about a year now, what mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about, because I'm just noticing the ways um, the ways women's bodies are portrayed in media and, yeah. and through scientific method. But Definitely um, tie, tying it together with the male birth control headlines. Okay. <laughs> so for a little bit of background here, uh, at the end of October, online media exploded with headlines, uh, male birth control injections halted because men are wimps and male birth control study killed after men report side effects. Uh, these are perfect examples of how online media headlines can be reactionary, simplistic, and blown out of proportion. A mere day or two after these headlines, a high media... A high media Sorry, high-profile media outlets like the Globe and Mail and the New York Times and Vox took uh, great pains to explain this study to the general public. In a nutshell, men are not wimps. Uh, I mean, surely some of us are wimps and some of us are not. I mean, that's a generalization. It is a generalization. I apologize. <laughs> well, male birth control injections showed a 96% pregnancy prevention rate. The World Health Organization suggested discontinuing the study because of the numerous adverse side effects, including mood disorders, increased libido, okay, mood swings, and muscle pain. While the injections showed promise for effective male birth control, the technology needs to be refined. Um, now, you're not saying that these are not perfectly valid reasons to stop a study if you start to notice negative side effects or something isn't going quite right. It's not a bad reason to stop a research study in general absolutely but the point more is that this is sort of a case of it's happened to a male test group and so it has been canceled whereas it's where these things have happened in female test groups and have not been canceled yeah and i I've, i need to do more research on this but one of the things <coughs> that i was thinking about after reading these headlines and reading a little bit about this issue is that you know the the, the female birth control pill was introduced in the 50s and so I, i'm i'm thinking that um because the technology maybe because science and like the scientific method has been refined and um they're aware that these side effects are happening perhaps to women that um that now you know the the world health organization shut it down because of these side effects that they know to mm -hmm. or that they suspect might might have happened so um i guess what i'm trying to say is that it's kind of curious to see that you know because 50 years later we're seeing men you know, um, or male birth control injections being refined that we're seeing that, um, you know, they're getting a lot more attention and, mm -hmm. um, and express, you know, showing a lot more caution in these studies where, um, the, yeah, the female birth control pill, we have had serious life altering symptoms for years. Yeah. And these, and it's not as though, you know, these symptoms were present in early tests and then took, went away. Like the hormonal birth control in women continues to demonstrate harmful side effects now mm -hmm. and it's one of those things that it's sort of an expectation that women will you know take the pill or whatever yeah regardless of these side effects yeah so and that's yeah that's a pretty interesting contrast right there yeah and i mean i don't know if this is um something that you've maybe heard in discussion or, or what is implied in discussions about about women's birth control is that you know like you said it, it's kind of an expectation that we bear the the burden of these symptoms and you know because our because we are the ones who get pregnant, you know, I, I I understand that the the idea is that okay, well, 
if you don't want to get pregnant, this is this is what you have to do, and it's just a, a compromise, you know. Which I mean, I I agree. I agree that if we don't want to if we don't want to get pregnant, and um, if we're not ready for children, then you know, if you're altering your body, there are p- potentially going to be side mm-hmm. effects. But uh, you know, what is f- frustrating is that you know, it there are not the same kinds of. It doesn't look like there are the same incentives to refine female birth control. Mm-hmm. I just want to, uh, as an aside here, if any. Any guys that heard her say, uh, if you don't want to get pregnant, why don't you take responsibility for that? And went, damn right. <laughs> uh, no, first of all, no. <laughs> uh, the conversation about birth control is not one-sided. No. And, you, you know, when you're in a relationship, you hear the term partner and people roll their eyes when you call them your partner. But it's a really good way of looking at it especially in this case because it is a partnership it is a two-way responsibility and if your idea is "Eh, she's better be on the pill or whatever then you shouldn't be having sex with anybody because obviously you're immature and need to get (laughs) your own shit together first uh two-way conversation it is not a one-sided uh, if she's not on the pills, not my problem. That's not how it works. So yeah. go buy a box of condoms and stop being a child. <laughs> um, and actually, that's funny. We were talking about that the other day that, um, you know, people, women, young women my age, I, I've noticed that there are a few of my friends that um, that we have come to accept that it is our responsibility yeah. only and that it's not men's responsibility to, to say bring condoms if they think that they're going to be engaging in sexual activity. And um, actually somebody in the office mentioned you know, their discomfort saying, well, you know, he was a guy and he said, oh, well, you know, I, I don't I don't know if I feel comfortable bringing <laughs> condoms with the expectation that sure. I might have sex. But I think that kind of concern and that kind of insecurity is, is one of the things that we need to confront mm-hmm. when we're talking about birth control, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you might feel a bit pervy if you bring a couple of condoms or something, but yeah. it's it's mature, it's mature, it's responsible, and, yeah. you know, like you said, it's a partnership. That's right. Yeah. So everyone just get it together and handle your sex lives maturely. Uh, <laughs> so we have been talking actually already quite a while about this, but I want to touch on a few of the things that you talk about here. So um, you're talking about the scientific method and the way that we uh, look at the science, what, you know, research says this, and we're like, well, I guess that's the new answer. We'll just move yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, and t- you, you bring up two specific things. One of them is the G-spot and the other one is PMS. Uh, and as much as I think it would be hilarious to have a G-Spot conversation on the radio, I think I'm going to play it safe and go with the PMS story. Just All right. Yeah, so there's more in the paper, and I strongly recommend you read it. I just, I know we could probably get off on a tangent there and... Get off on a tangent. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. This is the breakfast thing all over again. Um, so, PMS... Um, this is another example of the way women's bodies are being misrepresented in scientific studies uh, and simplified in the media is PMS. So, which stands for premenstrual syndrome, uh, refers to a phase before menstruation starts. There are over 150 documented symptoms, which is insane. <laughs> there are 150 documented symptoms for me walking from here to the front door that don't mean that I have a disorder. Like, I mean, really, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um So they include anxiety, depression, bloating, aching, cramps, headache, fatigue, increased appetite, rage, exhaustion, mood swings, crying spells, and even, and obviously more. Uh, Some women do not experience negative symptoms, but most suffer somewhere on the spectrum, feeling disgruntled, hopeless, anxious, melancholy, until we finally start to bleed. I say we. This is, Diana wrote this, obviously. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is important to note that 5 to 10% of women suffer these symptoms to an extreme and they are diagnosed with PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, usually these symptoms lighten up 
when Aunt Flo comes to town. So Snide retorts of, are you on your period when a woman is assertive and not uh, is not just sexist, but also inaccurate because, as she said, it's pre-menstrual, not para. Is it, would it be para if it's during? Paramenstrual? I just assume that it was menstrual. But you know yeah, what? Yeah. I don't That's know. something to find out. Anyway, so... Um, but in 2012, the reductive headline struck again. Uh, PMS may not exist, the new study finds. And new research suggests that premenstrual syndrome is a myth. And uh, this study, led by a team of Toronto researchers, collected mood reports from over 100 women, or sorry, from 100 women over a six month phase. Um, now, exists or doesn't exist doesn't really matter because these are symptoms that are demonstrable in women. Like they, they happen. Yeah. And where no one is in any position to say to someone, you don't feel that way. Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, I, I highly encourage anyone interested in this to, to take a look at this article um, because, you know, I, I cover a bunch of the concerns about, about this study. But honestly, it's, it's, it's a very complicated situation because, I mean, it, it's true. It's just like you said, you, you know, to have a study come out and conclude to say, well, actually, women don't feel these symptoms, you know, um, because there are, it's a complicated debate, but, but the, the way I see it is that, you know, some women do experience these symptoms. Mm -hmm. a, you know, majority of women do experience symptoms of, pre, pre, you know, PMS. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some don't. And then some, like I said, suffer very severely on the spectrum, um, which is diagnosed as PMDD. So to say, Oh, that it just might not exist. I think, although the researcher, Jillian Einstein, said that, you know, this <clears throat> is groundbreaking because now, you know, showing that perhaps PMS doesn't exist, women now can look to the real causes of their psychological, mm -hmm. emotional, physical upsets, um, you know, such as f physical health, social factors, personal sure. relationships. Um, you know, it's it, it's kind of a question of like the chicken or the egg, you know, right. which comes first. And to say yeah. that actually hormones have no bearing on that um, is can potentially be dangerous. And, you know, I just on a personal note, like I, I, I noticed that, I mean, m monthly, every month it's like clockwork. I do. I get PMS. And one of the things that the one of the things that, that one of the researchers said was that, um young women are so culturally ingrained to think of PMS as something that they will get that by the time they reach menstruation age, they expect that these are the kinds of hormonal mm. changes that they're going to experience. But it, it's just, it's, I think that puts women in a position like a very dangerous position where, you know, easily now it, this, I mean, this research is being featured on the Canadian Institute, Institute for Health Research mm -hmm. uh, website. And um, to say that it doesn't exist shows that, women can now be dismissed for having those kinds of very real mm -hmm. life-altering changes every month. Yeah, I mean, the idea that it isn't... The idea that it isn't maybe what has been described as PMS is sort of irrelevant because yeah. it is a... There is kind of undoubtedly a hormonal shift in your body mm -hmm. at that point every month. Yeah. there's. I mean, there can't not be because mm -hmm. your body is like, okay, I have a function to do here are all of the things I need to put in motion to do those fu that function. And it, it does that through hormones and through, um, you know, other like re regulated function. So it stands mm -hmm. to reason that an increase or decrease in hormones, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'm not a scientist and this makes sense to me. Like I, like I, I can understand how that would happen. And, you know, you talked about the psych it being possibly mostly psychological mm -hmm. and I would say 
yeah, there is probably something psychologically impactful about mm-hmm. the fact that you bleed once a month yeah. for seven days. Like it, it's, and I, I don't mean to make light or or like act like it's not serious, but yeah, of course, if if you could determine without any doubt that it was psychological. Doesn't matter because the symptoms are still real. Mm-hmm. It's the same way we can take placebos and have them actually work on us. Like all yeah. the vitamin supplements we take all the time, it's nothing. Yeah. But we take it and we go, oh, I feel better after my one vitamin C today. <laughs> it's bullshit. Your body just does things. Yeah. And to say to suggest that PMS does not exist is is like you say, it's dangerous and it borders on being offensive to and reductive of of the experience of women. Uh, whether they believe they should feel that way so they do or not, they still feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's funny, you know, to, to say, oh, to, to dismiss women's realities. I don't, what was I going to say about this? Well, I, I wanted to tell you a little bit of a personal story in the sense that I, I came across this headline this summer and it was really interesting because I, I spent the summer, I luckily for the first time ever spent the summer not working, which was a first yeah. probably since I was 12, I would say. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that I was interested in seeing was whether or not being off work and not being stressed would impact my, my stress levels, you know, during that PMS phase. And um, it was really curious because I, you know, I I tried, I I tried to make sure I had no expectations, you know, Mm -hmm. as much as you can, yeah, as much as I can. But I just wanted to um, just kind of take note of it. And it was what was really interesting was that once a month, um, on the 20, it was it was the 26th. Okay, so it was June 26th, August 25th. No, June 26th, July 25th, August 23rd. It was like clockwork. I would have a day where I just broke down. Mm-hmm. And basically the, the day was a write-off because I, I just sobbed for the entire day. And then the next day, I was fine. And, and I felt like that really highlighted to me the frustration that I came across when I when I read this this research because she said, oh, okay, well, maybe there are real personal reasons, you know, personal relationships, for example. I think it's just not that simple. I mean, I do believe that, that you know, stress, um, poor diet, lack of sleep, of course, you yeah. know, all of these things do impact not only probably our hormones, but also our, our moods. Um, but just to say that that is the, those are the main reasons of, of distress is... It's, it's unfair. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Um, this is a, a, a really wonderful piece in The Navigator that you all need to go out and read. She talks about, again, about um, how the same things have been said about the G-Spot, that the G-Spot doesn't exist and all kinds of things. Uh, it's a great piece. It is the middle of the paper, I believe. It's like a great big spread. So read it because I told you to, and that's how this relationship works, is I tell you what to do. Um, so <laughs> we're going to play another song here. We've, we went pretty long on that so you're welcome uh radio listeners um recently i came across the uh a mixtape of of covers from the hamilton soundtrack um done by rappers and other performers uh, including um um buster rhymes and um regina specter so it's a really bizarre interesting album and i'm going to play one of the songs of that it's uh, sia who performs Satisfied with Miguel and Queen Latifah, who turns out is a super badass rapper. So enjoy that. We'll be back with Diana with some news, uh, if we can be bothered to get to it when we get back. To the ground, to the ground, to the ground 
Satisfied. Is that right? I've never been satisfied. My name's Angelica Skyler. Alexander Hamilton. Where's your family from? Unimportant. There's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. Just you wait. So, so, so. So, this is what it feels like to match wits with someone at your level. What the hell is the catch? It's a feeling of freedom. A seeing the light has been Franklin with a key and a kite. You see it, right? The conversation lasted two minutes, maybe three minutes. Everything we said, a total agreement. It's a dream and it's a bit of a dance. A bit of a posture, it's a bit of a stance. He's a bit of a flirt, but I'ma give him a chance. I asked about his family, did you see his answer? His hands started fidgeting, he looked askance. He's penniless, he's flying by the seat of his pants. Handsome boy, does he know it? Peach fuzz and he can't even grow it. I want to take it far away from this place. Then I turn and see my sister's face and she is helpless. helpless. She is helpless. Things are just helpless I realize we fundamental truths at the exact same time I'm a girl in a world in which my only job is to marry rich My father has no son, so I'm the one who has his social climb for one Cause I'm the oddest and the wittiest and the gossip in New York City is insidious And Alexander is penniless I keep his eye 
was uh, Sia, Miguel, and Queen Latifah, and I can't hear myself, of course not, there we go, um, for, uh, with a song from the uh, Hamilton soundtrack, so yeah, find that, it's called the Hamilton Mixtape, and it's, it's on, it's out there in the in the internet world somewhere. Uh, we're going to quickly take a look at the news in a nutshell now, on December 1st, Nanaimo is hosting a free education and career fair at the Vancouver Island Conference Center from 9am until 3pm. Uh, tickets are free, but you do need to RSVP by going to educationcareerfairs.com. And you should care because the fair is an opportunity to explore the future with post-secondary schools, employers, and associations from all across Canada. Diana, do you want to take the next one? I would love to. All right. From December 2nd to 19th, the Nanaimo Community Hospice is offering to celebrate a life tree, a place to hang memory tags of loved ones. Heart angels are available by donation to take home. So this is going to be happening at the Country Club Mall Center Court. And um, why you should care? Well, of course, the tree is a beautiful way to celebrate and remember loved ones who have passed on. And um, one of the really great things about this is that all proceeds go to support local hospice programs, which are extremely valuable to the community. Absolutely. Uh, $200,000 in funding has been approved for the Stevie Smith Community Bike Park, and the project is expected to be completed in 2017 at Bebbin Park. Uh, the park is named for Stevie Smith, a professional cyclist from Nanaimo who lost his life last year. Uh, it will be an addition to the existing BMX park and will include a dirt jump and re uh, return trail, pump track, and skills park. I'm sure uh, if you bike, you know what a pump track is. Um, so that's why you should care about that. Diana. <laughs> um, do you know any exemplary leaders in our community? Uh, if so, membership nominations for these exemplary, exemplary leaders are being sought for the Nanaimo Economic Development Corporation Board of Directors. So if you know any of these exemplary leaders, um, please send a written submission uh, to the NEDC board nominations. I'll tell you the address in just a moment. Um, so the written submissions will be accepted until December 23rd. So here is the address if you would like to nominate someone. It's NEDC Board Nominations, CO Holly Pirozini, Administrative Assistant, City Manager's Office. This is 455 Wallace Street, V9R5J6. Or we could go the easier route and send her an email. So that's holly.pirozini at nanaimo.ca. And if you're looking for the last name spelling, it is P-I-O, oh, sorry, okay, forget that, P-I-R-O-Z-Z-I-N-I. -I. And um, if, you, if you're looking for a, that written down, just check out the navigator. Um, so why you should care, the NEDC is an arm's length for-profit organization owned by the city and provides economic development services to the greater Nanaimo area. 
And a finally, a new journalism study abroad program is being offered in Kyoto, Japan by IEI Media, open to students and recent graduates from all colleges and universities. IEI Media also offers journalism programs in a number of other countries, including Italy, Ireland, uh, Israel. I'm assuming that's supposed to be Israel, but it says Israel, Israel. Um, I, I don't I'm think go I'm with, listed as a copy editor for this, am I? <laughs> uh, you are now. So Israel, uh, Spain, Croatia, Norway, and Australia. Um, you can find information about this at ieimedia.com or by contacting the uh, Professor Ra- Rochelle Canigal at rcanigal at gmail.com. That's R-K-A-N-I-G-E-L at gmail.com. Exception, or applications will be accepted on a rolling basis through February 15th for the Kyoto program. And you should care because you get to work in a uh, as a foreign correspondent and collaborate with local bilingual students who will act as guides. They will... Sorry, meet with local journalists, explore the city, and have the opportunity to publish stories in an online magazine. Credit will be given for three transferable academic credits uh, from the University of Jamestown. Mm-hmm. All very cool stuff going on there. And now we're going to take a look at um, the road so far. So this I, I mentioned at the top of the show, and I want to get to it before we go to commercial. This is an overview of VIU's efforts in reconciliation. Uh, we've been hearing bits and pieces about it. So let's just have a look at where, we, uh, where we've come and, and where we're going. Uh, built on a, the traditional land of the Sinanema First Nations, VIU's relationship with Aboriginal people of Vancouver Island has always been a core value. However, since the Truth and Reconciliation Committee's report in 2015, the university has acknowledged the vast amount of work that still needs to be done in order to help reheal and rebuild. The Reconciliation Road, uh, Join the Journey with VIU series, has been VIU's answers to the calls for action. There have been many events, workshops, and presentations on the road so far, and many still to come in the new year. Beginning on September 13th and continuing until April 11th, an ongoing Lunch and Learn series of talks is being held one uh, one Tuesday a month at the Gathering Place at VIU. Uh, they provide soup, bannock, and the opportunity to expand experience and awareness in current Indigenous topics and Aboriginal ways of being and knowing. October 4th marked the arrival of the Witness Blanket, an installation by artist and master carver Carrie Newman. The blanket, crafted from hundreds of items salvaged from residential schools across the country, had an impressive turnout at its reception and has continued to draw groups and individuals over its two-month stay at VIU's gallery. Accompanying the piece, a workshop called The Blanket Exercise, led by VIU's Elders in Residence, which has been held, uh, which was held, which led participants through the history of colonization and resistance. On October 12th, the third totem pole was raised at the gathering place. The totem represents a coastal First Nations language, uh, Kwakwakawak. I've had that pronounced to me now, and I think that's right, and I apologize if it's not. That's pretty good. Uh, and stands between two others, which represent the two Vancouver, other two um, Vancouver Island languages, Coast Salish and Nuchalnath. Um on October 14th, the Coast Salish Protocol Session was held, facilitated by Sinanimuk and VIU Elders Geraldine Manson and Gary Manson. Um, Manson, probably. Uh, the session provided a basis for understanding the importance of recognizing the relationship with Native peoples and respecting the traditional territories we inhabit. On October 21st, Laura Cramner from VIU's First Nations Studies Department presented a talk titled Kwakwala Language Revitalization, Is It Possible? Uh, these are events that we have talked about here on the show um, very fr- pretty frequently. 
Um, so in the new year, the road does continue. Indigenous portfolio development will be a series of workshops focused on helping participants build a collection of life experiences to support their personal career and educational goals. A five-part series titled Conversations Toward Reconciliation and Healing will provide the opportunity for individuals to explore um, individual and collective responsibilities in the path to reconciliation. A two-day workshop called Land-Based Traditional Teaching will draw upon the knowledge of VIU's elders and residents and explore the practices, protocols, and relationships between First Nations culture and the land we live with. A series of sessions called Indigenous Leaders on Learning, uh, an initiative of the Suliqua, I think, uh, the Aboriginal Community Cousins, will invite different indigenous leaders to speak at the gathering place uh, on their life experiences, uh, balancing their educational and professional lives with traditional teachings. There will also be new, a new course offered. Uh, date and time are still TBA, but the course is called Learning to Be Together, Indigenous Knowledge and the Academy. We'll ex it will expose students to indigenous ways of knowing and developing shared understanding between cultures. Uh, like they said, there is still so much work to be done, but there is a lot happening at VIU. Did you get a chance to go and see the witness blanket? Or I did. I got to see the witness blanket. Okay. Um, it was breathtaking. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I could have probably spent several more days looking at yeah. it. Um, I did the blanket exercise, and that was extremely moving and powerful. So if anyone out there is, you know, um, looking to learn a little bit more about the history of colonization, and I think it's gone. Is it gone? I think oh. the 30th was the last day. Oh, shoot. The blanket exercise, though. Oh, so uh, they may be doing that still. Yeah. So okay. the blanket exercise is a bit different. It's, um, did you did you get a chance to do it? No, I didn't okay. yet. Yeah. The names are confusing because they're so similar, but the blanket exercise was where, um, you know, you, you, you gather with blankets on the ground and then um, facilitators will read through um, a really brief history of colonization in Canada and of the residential schools. And it was, it's a very engaging and powerful way to mm -hmm. learn about what happened with the residential schools. So mm. um, I think, I think the exercise is being facilitated here and there, perhaps with the community cousins. So just keep an eye out for that. Okay. Um, we are actually at the end of the hour somehow. So we're going to play a song and then uh, some commercials and then we'll be back. So this one um, is by Kishi Bashi. I don't know. Um, and the song is called Statues in a Gallery, and we will be back after this.
Hey, this is Brandon Isaac, and you're listening to the 101.7 FM CHLY in Nanaimo. This is where good music lives, man. Are you living on the edge? The edge of cellular coverage, that is. A Wilson signal amplifier is what you need to get a full-strength connection for the speed your device thrives on. Island Communications at the CIRCOM Communications Center has a wide selection of Wilson products. Signal amplifiers for your home or vehicle, antennas for general improvement, or to really reach out from afar. We can configure systems to your needs, or you can go with a packaged kit. Wilson Cellular Amplifiers and other cellular accessories are available at the CIRCOM Communications Center at 2540 Bowen Road in Nanaimo. CIRCOM Electronics, proudly keeping CHLY on the air for over 10 years. This station is supported by the Vancouver Island University Students' Union, the official voice of Vancouver Island University students in Nanaimo, Powell River, Duncan, and Oceanside. Providing students with services, events, representation, clubs, and advocacy. For more information, check out our websites, viusu.ca and cfs-fcee.ca. Hi, I'm Jordan, the Muscles Lineker, and when I want to listen to my favorite pop show, I listen to Into It, Thursdays only on the mighty 101.7 FM, CHOY and Nanaimo. Sweeter than bubblegum, baby. Because he called himself the sun, because the sun is strong, but the sun don't want to let me leave. Hi, I'm Carmen Sandiego, and you're listening to The Beat of the Street, 101.7 FM, CHOY and Nanaimo. Welcome back. Uh, if you're just joining us, then shame on you. But also, this is the masthead. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, it doesn't really make sense. You can't join halfway through. Um, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's definitely the end of the year. Um, let's talk about some stuff, shall we? I just need to find it because I don't prepare in advance. So, monumental forty-nine million dollar settlement. Almost said forty-nine dollar and realized. How indicative of our history that would be. Yes, unfortunately. <sighs> uh, $49 million settlement for the Sonoma First Nations. Uh, November saw a record-breaking deal in in the fight for land reserves for Canadian First Nations. 79 acres of downtown Nanaimo was reserved for the Sonoma in 1860, yet the government never delivered on their agreement to give this land to them. A recent vote of 98.1% led to the settlement, which will be placed into a trust for future generations. The Sonoma, pronounced Sonoma, um, or with that XW at the end, if you can get your throat to do it, it's kind of a hard <laughs> one, uh, <clears throat> is one of the largest nations in BC with over 1,700 people. VIU s- sits on Sonoma's land and recognizes the territory in everyday student life, representing local language on th- one of three, or in one of three totem poles erected on campus. Uh, the process to garner this deal has taken over 20 years uh, the lack of land given to the Sonoma meant that in recent years only one third of the band's members live on reserve, located south along Nanaimo's or south Nanaimo along the coast. According to the Georgia Strait, the land commissioner at the time of the original treaty, Joseph Trutch, was the reason that the land never ended up in Sonoma First Nations hands in the late 19th century. He was known to be a negative component in the process of land reservations, feeling that even though First Nations people were a majority in BC at the time, the land chosen for them was too large. Yet, they the land that they currently live on is the smallest area per capita for First Nations in the country. Along with the cash settlement, there is an agreement to find 79 acres of replacement land for the band to live as a community. Oh, good. That makes it all better. Then It's nice, too, <laughs> that they... <laughs> well, it was Joseph Trutch's fault 
in the, in the 19th century that we didn't do anything in the 21st century. Yes. So this happens. Whatever, Nanaimo. Yeah, this happens way too often. Oh yeah, this this kind of thing uh, is is very the, not the amount of money, but the the whole here's your land. Just kidding, it's ours. Just kidding, it's yours. Just kidding, it's ours. Thing happens yeah. um, frequently in our history. Um, Diana, you're gonna read. Uh, you're gonna tell us about some art exhibit at Couch and Campus. So go ahead. Absolutely. So there's a behind the lines Syrian art exhibit to be displayed at Couch and Campus. Uh, art has always been a venue for human expression in all cultures, and sometimes it seems the greatest pieces arise from our times of deepest suffering. With no end in sight to the current violence in the Middle East, some Syrians are turning to art as a way of coping and expressing to the world what the conflict is costing their country. Behind the Lines is an exhibit that displays the work of contemporary Syrian artists, first shown earlier this year at the Penticton Art Gallery, where it was co-curated by Penticton Art Gallery director Paul Crawford and Syrian architect Humam Al-Salim. Al-Salim is the founder of Cyrus Gallery, an online platform for the collaboration and promotion of young, contemporary Syrian artists. Behind the Lines displays work from 19 different artists in the gallery, many of whom are still residing in their home country. The pieces are from a range of mediums, including sculpture, painting, drawing, and mixed media. Through the efforts of the Cowichan Intercultural Society, the United Church, VIU's Department of Anthropology, and Brentwood Bay College School, a portion of the exhibit has come to the Cowichan Valley for the first time. It's being shown at the Duncan United Church from November 27th to December, tw- December 3rd, with a special opening reception on November 27th after which it will be on display at the Brentwood College School in Mill Bay from December 10th to December 17th. Crawford will also give a special talk on the stories behind the artists at the VIU Cowichan campus on November 28th, titled The Story Behind the Lines. Both the showings and talk are free to attend. Crawford has described the work as a testament to the capacity of the human spirit. He added, I hope this exhibition will help build an even greater understanding of the Syrian people, their art and culture. That's really great. So if any of you listening are from the Couch and Campus or you're interested in taking a, a trip, uh, it would definitely be worth checking it out. There's some really beautiful pieces there. Yeah, the what's in the paper is great. I It's kind of the extent of my knowledge, but it does look really nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the city is asking residents to cut down contamination and curbside pickup. Uh, the city of Nanaimo is asking residents to use more care when sorting their waste for the curbside pickup program. A warning letter was recently received by, from Multimaterial BC the province-wide organization currently paying the city to collect recycling concerning contamination levels in the recycling being delivered. Contamination levels have increased in the last several months, re- reaching as high as 14%, which is a lot when you think about how many people's recycling that is. Uh, recycling with this level of contamination cannot be processed properly and can cause entire loads to be landfilled. I think it's clear that there is some confusion about what does and does not go in the yellow bag, said Charlotte Davis, manager of sanitation and recycling for the city. We want to clear up this confusion so that residents will notice uh, an increased... So residents will notice increased messaging from us about contamination. We have been advertising on the radio, in newsletters, and now we are doing some curbside inspections. We hope to speak with as many people as possible about what to put in the yellow bag. I would encourage residents to pick up the phone and call us or check the website if they have any questions. MMBC can fine the city up to $120,000 per year if contamination rates are not reduced, and the city will begin undertaking inspections of curbside curbside recycling in November. So they've been doing that because it's now December. 
Residents who have placed unacceptable items in their yellow bag will receive a sticker upon pickup. Residents with properly sorted waste will receive a good job sticker to be extra condescending. <laughs> the recycling collector will begin to leave whole bags of recycling behind at residents that repeatedly include contaminants in their curbside recycling. The most common types of contamination, everyone pay attention, are plastic bags, styrofoam, and glass. The city recommends residents take these materials to the local depot instead, where they will be recycled. Other items that cannot be accepted include books, electronics, chip bags, paint cans. Paint cans? <laughs> Guys, we all know you can't recycle paint cans. You can't even take them to the dump. What the? <clears throat> Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, let's carry on. Batteries. Ba seriously? <laughs> and textiles. If I am telling you this and you are saying, oh, my God, then it is your fault and you should have to pay the fine. Um, chip bags. Chip bags are garbage, just in case you didn't know. You put them into the trash. Bless your recycling heart, but you put them in the trash. Also, pizza boxes are also trash. Pizza boxes are not trash. Are they not trash? I thought, see, I thought so, too, because of the grease and the pizza that was yeah. in them, but apparently it's fine. Oh. See, there is confusion. There about is, yeah. Contamination. I was definitely of the impression okay. that pizza boxes are a no go, okay. but I've been since corrected. Okay. Um, Good to know. I also had I'm one of those people you're speaking to. Well, confused. Diana, <laughs> you will be getting the bill. <laughs> I guess so. Um, you can, you can, the full list of items can be found on the city website at nanaimo.ca, and any questions can be directed to the Public Works Department at 250 754 4251. VIU also offers some additional recycling services for students. Apart from the general recycling stations around campus, small amounts of styrofoam and shrink wrap, which is bagged separately. Oh, I see. Small amounts of styrofoam and ship shrink wrap, which are bagged separately from everything else, can be taken to the loading bay beside Building 300. This bin is kept locked, and a key must be acquired from within VIU facilities for access. Batteries and cell phones will also be accepted at the Health and Safety Office, uh, the Welcome Center Excuse me. And the library's IT help desk. So there you go, everybody. We know who has to pay those. It's not Nanaimo. It's the people who pay taxes in Nanaimo, just so everyone's clear on that. Um, yes. Uh, Diana, what was your next one? I don't remember. Well, uh, I'm thinking we should go through some health and wellness tips probably for the a good most idea. wonderful time of the year. That's a pretty good idea. I will let you start that, and I'm going to look up the rest of these items on this list. <laughs> I'll be happy to. Okay, so as the end of semester approaches and the specter of final exams loom over many of us, like the dreadful ghost of Christmas yet to come, cycles of stress and study tend to take precedence over health and wellness. In order to better understand ways to de-stress, manage our time, and study more effectively, um, we visited Cole Schisler, the uh, writer for The Navigator, visited the Health and Wellness Center at VIU and collected some nuggets of wonderful wisdom from the counselors, as well as some handy pamphlets prepared by the counseling staff. So if you're out there listening, uh, check out these great tips for health and wellness. Um, I'll read the first one and then Brendan, you can go next. So top tips. First of all, organize a small time investment that works for your life. So whether it's taking a walk, talking to a loved one, preparing a healthy meal or having a really nice bubble bath, uh, or maybe going out for a night on the town, try to find something that suits your needs and can help you de-stress. So make sure to find something small and achievable so you can decompress from a long day of studying. Trying to do too many things to de-stress can add to your to-do list. Um, so just focus on a small daily task that makes you feel good. 
I gotta turn my mic on. There we go. Minimize distractions is the next one. Try to avoid an excess of unhealthy behaviors like Netflix, binging, spending too much time on the internet, or finding solace in substances like drugs and alcohol. While these behaviors may make you feel good in the short term, they may leave you feeling stuck and can open the door to more stress. Take breaks. It might be tempting to hunker down for a night of cramming at home or at the library, but cramming can often lead to burning out. For every hour spent studying, take a 10-minute break for a short walk outside, get up and move around, or, or get a change of scenery. Um, this can work wonders. It's tough to do, but it's a really good, good tip. If you're working on a project that you really don't want to do, practice the 15-minute plan. Work for 15 minutes, take a 5-minute break, and then come back to work for another 15 minutes until you're finished. Uh, the next one is try to regulate your sleep, which I'm sure many of you are laughing at just the thought of. <laughs> For many students and young people in general, a good night's sleep often falls by the wayside, not only to exam periods, but to daily life. Uh, avoid screens and artificial light, uh, light up to an hour before bedtime. If you can't turn your mind off, write down your thoughts in a journal or practice breathing exercises until you become tired or bored. Uh, also, try reading a boring book and avoid spending too much time in your bed when you're not sleeping. Train your mind to recognize your bed as being for sleep, not for hanging out in. Um, just read a book, though. Like It doesn't have to be boring. <laughs> but it can't be too exciting. I, I mean, I guess not. <laughs> but like a book, well, you know, if you kind of your eyes get tired, it works. Reading works for sure. But it, I mean, reading a boring book, no one has time to read bad books or boring books any, in these these uh, um, turbulent times. So. I absolutely agree. Your turn. Yeah, but I will mention also the screens is a big thing. Like I, I do find when I'm on the screens late at night, that blue light really affects me. So you can get you can get screen filters that yeah. that shelter out the blue light. So that might be helpful. Yeah, there's a bunch you. of apps that filter your yeah. screen, and your yeah, I recommend them for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's another tip: put things in perspective. Oh gosh, <laughs> I need this one. The pressure to succeed is real, but take a step back and evaluate what really matters. Do you need to get an A in every class? No. <laughs> Not, it says maybe. But Cole I'm, says maybe, but you say no. I say no, you don't. No. Well, that's a tough one, but <laughs> you know, that's the question that you got to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So make an attainable and realistic goal for your studies. Decide how good is good enough and work towards that goal. I know for myself, I, I find I put pressure on myself to make sure everything I hand in is the best thing ever. Um, you know, I don't want to let my teachers down, but mm -hmm. that's just then I end up letting myself down mm -hmm. by being too tired. You don't, I mean, I'm not, that's not to say you shouldn't do the work or learn, but because of the way everyone learns differently and everybody, you know, if you take in the information, but you can't test on it well, or you can't write an essay on it well, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you haven't taken the information. And it's really important to uh, keeping things in perspective. When you get out of university with your degree, I want you to keep track of every person who asks you what you got in first year psychology good point or what you got in grade 12 social studies like keep track of them all because they're all lunatics first of all but it just isn't it's not a thing that we, we we're sort of conditioned to think like oh my god we have a permanent record and we have our 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 grades and they're gonna ruin my life no they care that you have the degree and that you're qualified for the job more than they care about the the mark you got in that one weird uh media studies class that you took in second year and, and got a d in <laughs> That's me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, keeping things in perspective is hugely important and it will it will very quickly quit you, you know, make you stop burning out. You need to pass the class because you need to get your, your degree. But if you don't get an A plus, you know, your parents aren't giving you 50 bucks an A or whatever in university. That was a thing kids did. I, that was a thing. Yeah, it was insane. Also, don't pay your children to succeed in school, please. No, don't do that. Creates weird <laughs> dynamics in their lives and they don't need that. We're all 
broken anyway. We don't need that extra help. <laughs> uh, next one is make a study group. The odds are pretty good that if you're struggling to study for a particular class, your classmates are as well. Book a study room in the library or organize a space where you can meet with friends and make the studying more manageable. Being in a group uh, uh, brings a fun social aspect to studying and can leave you feeling much happier than studying in a room all by yourself. If you don't have anyone in mind to study with, raise the idea in class and see if your classmates are on board. All right. The next tip is to manage your time effectively. Time management will look different for everyone. Make a list of all the important tasks you have to do in a day, ranging from the most important to the least important. Even if, for example, you only finished two out of six tasks, you've still completed the two most important things in your day. Some people like the rush of a last minute dash to get everything done, but that's a bad habit to fall into. Do your best to find a balance for everything in your life and don't forget to make time for yourself. Absolutely. Download helpful apps or look at tips online. I'm sure all of you are doing this anyway. There's a wealth of information out there on time management and relaxation tips for people with busy lifestyles. One of the best apps available for both Android and iPhone is MindShift. As described in the Google, Play, the Google Play Store, MindShift will help you learn how to relax, develop more helpful ways of thinking, and identify active steps that will help you take charge of your anxiety. There's also great websites like heretohelp.bc.ca and mindbodygreen.com and uh, yourskillfulmeans.com and a great wealth of videos on YouTube to help as well. There's a particularly good one out there about how to read all of your reading assignments and how many of them you actually have to do because, yes, you don't have to read everything you're assigned in university. <laughs> good Lord, no one can read that much. Um <laughs> Last one. All right. The last tip we have for you is to reach out to others. If you're struggling and feel like you're at the end of your rope, talk to someone. Um, you could talk to a close friend, a parent, or an instructor, or even the staff at the Health and Wellness Center. Um, they're really great there as well. So just talk to someone. Oftentimes, the simple act of venting your problems and talking yourself through them will help you find clarity. Don't be afraid of burdening others with your issues. Find someone who you feel comfortable with and, again, talk to someone. And I know we're getting down to the wire here for uh, final assignments and exams, but if if you need an extension, if you're really struggling to keep up with everything, you know, don't hesitate to tell your professors. I, I, I've, I've, I've heard several of several breakdowns happening this semester just from my close friends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't hesitate to ask because I think they know the kind of pressure we're under. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. Like it, it's, yeah. and that's not always the worst thing. Just yeah, you know, because you know, you get an extension. That means you have more time to work on something, and you know, less time to put things in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> um, another great resource too, I always like to recommend it, is the Vancouver Island Crisis Society. Yeah. Um, you know, people will avoid it because they, they feel like they're not in crisis enough, or their problems aren't bad enough. But that's everyone's crisis. It's all relative, and crisis is mm -hmm. relative. So, if you need someone to talk to you don't want to go and talk to someone face to face give them a call it's 1-888-494-3888 and they are uh, op available 24 hours a day they also offer a text service and a chat service so go to vicrisis.ca and have a look at all of that um, and in closing do not recycle motor oil lubricants wax solvents flammable products or paint containers you can't you can't do that <laughs> Just I found the list and it's just um and like for another another good example here um things that you shouldn't recycle plastic metal or sorry you shouldn't compost plastic metal and styrofoam oh I saw listed in my building not to recycle pet feces no oh my god don't, don't do it don't do that put that in the garbage garbage it doesn't don't flush it down the toilet yeah. by the way I I was confused about that I saw a, <laughs> uh, a litter that was 
branded as flushable. And I thought, oh, that's great. What a great idea, flushing your cat's business down the toilet. What a fantastic... No, it's horrible. And our water treatment system is set up for human waste, not animal waste. And they are different. So please... Don't flush your cat's business or your dog's business down the toilet because it's disgusting <laughs> and you're a monster. Um, what else here? Do not... Uh, no glass containers or styrofoam, no straws, non-paper insulating wraps, foil line car... Just be smart. Aerosol cans, guys. Aerosol cans. Come on. So wh- where are you reading from, Brennan? Maybe our, our listeners can check that out. Uh, this is from nanaimo.ca slash assets slash departments slash engineering squiggly line public works squiggly line there anyway just go to nanaimo.ca and search recycling and all the information is there and i'll stop berating you for now um let's play another song uh this next one comes to us from our our canadian friend uh with a giant mouse head this is dead mouse from his new album which is called w 2016 album it's weird it's like a looks like a pathway on a computer anyway it doesn't matter the song is called snow cone and we'll be back when it's over
right, so a little bit of Dead Mouse from his new album, which I, I have the name in front of me. It is W colon slash 2016 album, one word slash. So why wouldn't it be that, Dead Mouse? Why wouldn't it be? Um, so we're going to do another thing that I was typically would save for next episode, but I want to talk about it now because it's my show and I do what I want. Uh, and that is a piece from our contributor and... Um, and consummate professional editor Kelly Whiteside, who has uh, sent us a little something about the different kinds of uh, of customers that we will all be dealing with at Christmas time. Well, all I say all, I mean all of us uh, poor poor lost souls working in retail this holiday season. And I wanted to share it with you guys as sort of a tribute to you and to myself. Uh, so let's just get into it. So again, this is from Kelly Whiteside. On November 11th at 11 a.m., my workplace announced we would be having a moment of silence. For that moment, I saw nearly every, I saw all nearby customers and coworkers st uh, standing silently, heads down, showing their respect. At 11:01, when I lifted my head, all those customers suddenly had a look of panic in their eyes. <laughs> this was the moment. Uh, the moment of silence was over. It was mid-November. Christmas was just over a month away, and they were standing in the middle of the Christmas section, carts empty. The first Christmas shoppers had officially left hibernation, and they were hungry most people who work in customer service truly do enjoy helping customers and most of the time the customers that we deal with are very pleasant however anyone or everyone who has ever worked in customer service knows that with the good with the good comes the bad and unfortunately the bad experiences are the ones that stick with us so if you're picking up a job in customer service during the winter break here are five different christmas shoppers that you may come across she says may i say will come across number one the negotiator. This customer has found exactly what they wanted and you're feeling pretty proud that you could help them. You're about to wish them a good day, but they open their mouths to say one more thing and you notice that they're not smiling like they should be. Can I get a discount on this? <laughs> At first, you may think that they're just joking, but then you, they ask you, you to call a manager, even though you know the answer will be no. <laughs> yep, that is... So far, so good. The complainer is number two. A customer walks in looking frazzled, likely soaked from the rain, and the second you see them, you know that they're not in a good mood. Chances are they're just stressed out from holiday shopping, so you set out to help them and improve their day. The first words out of their mouth will likely be a complaint about the shitty parking lot, and then they'll probably complain about how crowded the malls are. You'll apologize, even though you didn't design the parking lot, and ask them what they're looking for. If your store has what they're looking for, they will complain about how expensive it is. If your store doesn't have what they're looking for, they will complain about the store's lack of stock. Because at the end of the day, some people just simply cannot be pleased regardless. Uh, the overly festive. The first stop is the Christmas section. They stock their cart with hundreds of lights and ridiculous lawn decor and clean your shelves of ornaments. It looks like they showered in glitter. There are even sparkles in their eyes. Uh, you wish the customer a good day and they reply with Merry Christmas, even though it's the middle of November. <laughs> <laughs> the know-it-all they asked for your help or sorry they asked you for help and you begin ex uh, exporting your knowledge but they interrupt with no that's wrong the customer may ask for someone more knowledgeable but you ensure them that you are the most knowledgeable person in the store about this product they then inform you that they are in fact an expert in the field and shoo you away an alternative is the customer who tries to subtly tell you how to do your job chances are they've never even worked in customer service before uh, number five is my personal favorite, the last minute shopper. Uh, whether they're rushing into the store five minutes before close or five minutes before close on Christmas Eve, this customer either knows exactly what they want and is in and out within two minutes, or they have absolutely no idea what they're looking for and unofficially hire you as their personal shopper as they drag you through every single department, insisting that they know 
insisting that they know what they want and will be out before the doors close. They never are. Uh, Being a customer service employee during the Christmas season is a tough job. Oftentimes, Christmas shoppers accidentally take their stresses out on all of on on us. and oftentimes they deliberately take their stress out on us, uh, which in turn stresses out the employees. Kudos to all of you pushing through the season. Uh, and as we kind of venture into the fray, I salute every single one of you working in retail, myself included. Uh, Diana, what did you think of that? <clears throat> oh, well, I, I got a kick out of it. I think these are the kinds of shoppers that you maybe see all year round, but Christmas just highlights. Yes, absolutely. They, you know, they come out in numbers and um, I definitely can relate to this, especially I got a kick out of the last minute shopper because um, <laughs> I do work every Christmas Eve in a retail place and and we always laugh because we know, you know, it's like 4.38 and we know that we're closing at five and we're going home to drink rum and eggnog and we know there's always going to be one last shopper and, and you know, it's kind of a comfort in a sense because you know that they're going to come in and they do. The, so, without fail. Without yeah. fail. Yeah, I would say I've encountered all of those people, uh, even just probably this week. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard. I've, I've worked retail. I, I did the math on it and realized that I've worked in retail for 10 years. Oh. And that is some of the most depressing self-awareness that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I got I got my first job as soon as I was able to, so about 14 at Shoppers Drug Mart, and I've worked retail ever since then. Remember how exciting it was to get your first oh, job? Oh, yeah, it was great, and yeah. it was so satisfying to make your own money, and now it's just, I, I, you know, I wanted some extra cash to pay my rent and buy Christmas presents. That's pretty much, that's it. That's where yeah. I'm at now, and... Uh, well, I enjoy the place that I work. It's hard. It is. And I mean, I think that's a lot of us. Like we all have these jobs that we are great until they're not. And then, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun experience anyway. And Christmas just is the craziest time. Uh, and it, it's usually it's funny because all year we talk about, you know, Christmas needs to be about the family and we shouldn't be doing all this craziness Christmas. But then Christmas comes and it's like, where's all my stuff? Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I find so ironic about Christmas is like you said, it's like, you know, there are customers who come in and instead of saying, oh, how are you? Or, you know, who are you getting to see this Christmas? It's, mm-hmm. Are you ready? Are mm-hmm. you ready for Christmas? As yeah. if it's some kind of, um, I don't know, like a endurance battle or an event test. or an yeah. endurance test, yeah. you know, where I, I feel like I, I have struggle. I definitely struggle with the rampant consumerism. But yeah. at the same time, when November or when December 25th comes, hopefully you're all enjoying your families. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say I learned that the big toy this year is called a hatchimal or something. It's a it's you buy an egg and you don't know what's in it and then the egg hatches and then there's a little stuffed creature in it. Uh, but they are sold out everywhere oh, until no. probably February. What? <laughs> Apparently it's the biggest thing and I I've seen it now. I've been asked for it a few times and I've seen it online and I still don't know what it is, but it's the thing to get and you're not going to get it if you don't have it just just everyone make peace with that i hope there are no kids listening right now oh god santa claus will bring it or something no we need to stop also stop telling our kids that it's not effective or helpful and it bums me out absolutely we should have a whole show dedicated conversation for another day i don't want to ruin anyone's (laughs) car ride or anything right now 
the next one we want to talk about here is Sugar and Spice. Uh, on December 16th, Luminate Entertainment will be putting their third production, Sugar and Spice Labels Ring, at the Harbor City Theater on 25 Victoria Road in Nanaimo. Sugar and Spice began in March at the Metro Lounge. Originally, it was more of a bar show, but it has developed into a full feature show to display the to display talented drag kings, drag queens, burlesque, and something I've never heard of, boylesque um, performers, as well as non-gender conforming musical performers. We wanted to create an opportunity for some entertainers that society might look down on, said Mark Swarek, founder of Luminate Entertainment, originally called LeGrand Productions. Through Sugar and Spice, Luminate provides a safe space for their entertainers to learn what it takes to put on a feature production and give them valuable experience uh, to community, or sorry, to continue in the world of show business. Aside from putting on Sugar and Spice Productions, Luminate is partnered with Harbor City Rainbow Community Services Association, the Harbor City RCSA. That is too long. Um, the Harbor City RCSA was formed to address some of the gaps in services in LGBT, uh, for the LGBTQ community in Nanaimo. Uh, they have three main focuses, creating a social and nutritional community okay, uh, for people living with HIV as, uh, in Nanaimo, as well as creating social events and safe spaces for people who are non-binary gendered. Um, they also have peer support, group, or peer support programs where they provide training for peer support workers who will meet with people in need of someone to talk to. When someone is newly diagnosed as HIV positive, there's pretty much no immediate and meaningful response to support that person, Swarik said. Providing that the support program... Providing that support is one of our main intentions with the peer support programs. Uh, these individuals are also able to help guide people who are transitioning genders and struggling with a variety of issues. Peer support workers have their own life experiences with similar issues that they can draw on to help others. To contact peer support workers, there is a toll-free number, which is 1-888-588-1408. And the extension is 108 for peer support. People in need of support services can uh, call and leave a message. Swarik said, I will return their call uh, and do an intake with them. Uh, based on what I've learned from that in that conversation, I match them with a peer support worker I think will be best able to help them. Along with the larger Sugar and Spice production, the Harbor City RCSA hosts open mics at the Vault Cafe Monday nights and provides a safe space for uh, LGBT performers and anyone who wants to share their art on stage. These are fundraiser events and are hosted once or twice a month. This Sugar and Spice event will be a double feature uh, with a performance by Vancouver Island medium Terry Lynn Boyle. Tickets for the double feature are $42.50. Tickets for the medium are $35 in advance because psychic powers cost money. And tickets for the Sugar and Spice event are $12.50 in advance and $15 at the door. Tickets are available online at event B slash V slash luminate slash box office. Uh, you can find all that in the paper. Any thoughts on any of anything in there or? Uh, well, definitely. I've I've actually got tickets to go to Sugar and Spice. Oh, and I'm awesome. Super excited. So um, the yeah, double heard, feature or the drag show? You know, I actually am not sure. A friend of mine was very <laughs> generous and, and let me know she had two extra tickets. So my partner doesn't know it yet, but he's coming with me and um, I'm really excited to dress up in drag. Maybe I would be one of the, I, I guess I could be a drag king. Is that right? I'm uh, a drag king. Women dressed as men is drag yeah. king so I i'm gonna be a yeah. drag king yeah that's and, very exciting and if we can find a dress that is you know in my closet that will also fit him then my partner will be a drag queen for the first time and um if you're listening then surprise we're going <laughs> so i'm really excited and it's really nice to know that um the you know for, from my understanding some of the proceeds of that event go to this great cause so yeah i'm it, excited it is nice that it's uh it's a supportive and, and positive thing totally. and I, I did take digs at the medium and i stand by those um so, 
Um, yeah, I guess what we what I want to do here is play one more song and then come back and we're gonna do sports. Um, that's very exciting. I'm so excited. It is a short sports section, but I do get to to play my hilarious sports theme song again, so that'll be fun. Um, this is a shorter song. It is by Empire of the Sun, and it is called Friends. We'll be back when it's over. That was uh, Empire of the Sun. The song was called Friends. 
And I, I, I hope me and Diana are still friends. We're after. absolutely still friends. While, while that song was playing, we had a heated debate about mediums and it was super fun. Um, so, you know, it turns out we can agree to disagree and, and still be in the booth here happily. I think, yeah. No uh, coffee I, cups are being thrown. None. No, nothing is being thrown at each other, which is always a positive. That's how I know a show has gone well when no one throws anything at me. But you're usually here on your own. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised how much I can throw shade at myself. Um, we're we're going to do sports, which means that I'm going to play my, my favorite theme song for sports right now. Uh, so <laughs> I played this through the entire thing last week, and I don't know if anyone noticed, but I loved it. So the first sports we're going to talk about is <laughs> women's volleyball. Uh, in a Douglas double header, so let's talk right about that right now. Uh, the Mariners were riding high going into the PacWest women's match of the week on Friday against the second place Douglas Royals to set off a weekend double header. Going into the match, the Mariners were ranked first in the PacWest division as well as the double C double A with their winning record of nine to one. Despite their confidence going into the match, the Mariners were upset by the or upset three to one by the Royals. I don't think that we played our best match today, Mariners head coach Shane Hyde said. We came up against a really good opponent, and I don't think we were 100% ready to match their intensity. Um, oh, no. Now I've done it. I don't suppose you were following along with I'm that. I'm following along. Could you pick up where I picked up? I would be happy off? to. Okay. <laughs> the Royals took the first set 25-13. to 13. Thank you. The Mariners won the second round 25-17, to 17, but fell to the Royals in the final sets 25 23 in the third and 25 to 22 in the fourth. I hope you're all following that better than I was. <laughs> the Royals generated momentum early on and sustained it throughout the match, despite strong performances by Mariners Libero Kelsey Hutt and Pac West Athlete of the Week Megan Rosenlund. The Mariners failed to find their stride against the composed Royals. We started to work really hard, but it was too late in each set. Hyde said we have to uh, we have to have the attitude of playing defense. Tomorrow, our blocking needs to be better. Our serving needs to be better, and we need and we've got to our servicing needs to be better, and we've got to serve better. I thought serve and service were the same. We need to go to a volleyball match. I think. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Mariners defeated the Royals in three straight sets on Saturday. The Mariners took the first 25-21, the second 25-22, and the third 25-23. It was a close match, but the Mariners were on a or were able to outscore the Royals. The Mariners also performed better on defense and kept the uh, the match in their favor. Today we focused on what we had to do in order to win, and I think we really executed uh, that well as a team," said Mariner power uh, power hitter Megan Rosenland. Uh, over the winter break, the Mariners will head down to San Diego for a volleyball tournament. That's pretty cool. Rosenberg believes that the tournament will be will give the Mariners an opportunity to <clears throat> to reshape themselves and find new goals for this next semester of play. I'm excited to see what happens next," she said. "We're going to keep focusing on one game at a time, which is." Literally all anyone can do. Uh, men's volleyball. Mariners <laughs> dig in to win fresh off their first loss of the season against Capilano. The top-ranked Mariners were poised coming into their long into their weekend matchup with the Douglas Royals. Uh, we've got a really good week of practice, Mariners head coach Ave Avender said. Tasting a loss last weekend was a good thing for us. We're a pretty mature group. I think they enjoy the success. But realistically, having a good weekend at Provincials means everything. The Mariners beat the Royals 3-1 on Friday. The Mariners won the first set 25-17, while Douglas took the second 24-6. And the Mariners came back to take both the third and fourth 25-17. Um, 
Uh, in Saturday's match, the Mariners continued their success against the Royals and won their match in three straight sets. The Mariners won the first 25-17, the second 25-18, and the third 25-13. Freshman uh, Jeff Webb and sophomore Braden Brewer were forced to be reckoned with on the left side of the court, tallying up a high number of kills between them. Going into the new semester, the Mariners have a record of 11-1, to putting them comfortably atop the PacWest division and are showing no signs of slowing down. The Mariners are putting their winning record uh, far from their mind and are focusing on uh, on each team one game, on each game, on each team one game at a time. Uh, lots of that. Um, and finally... VIU hosts badminton tournament. Over the weekend, VIU hosted teams from UBC and SFU for a badminton tournament. Uh, they uh, On Friday night, the teams had a chance to play against each other and warm up for the tournament in nine match sets uh, with two men's singles, one uh, women's singles, two women's doubles, and two men's doubles, and two mixed doubles. VIU beat SFU 6-3 and fell to UBC 8-1. to The individual matches, VIU Mariner Helen Chung played... Uh, placed first in women's singles and via you Mariner Graydon Robb placed second in men's singles. Mariners continued their success in the double matchups. The team of Melissa Liu and Chris Wan took first place uh, for VIU in mixed doubles. Helen Chung and Melissa Liu placed second in women's doubles and the team of Robert Foster and Graydon Robb placed third in men's singles. Going into the tournament, the Mariners knew that they would face stiff competition from the powerhouse teams of UBC and SFU. However, they performed exceptionally well and are looking forward to more success in the uh, in the season, and that is sports for the week. We got through that. How are you feeling now as we near the end of the show? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling we, like we learned a lot about health and wellness, sports. <laughs> we had some really good debates about uh, some controversial issues, some of them behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like uh, we've covered a lot. I, How are I, you feeling? I'm feeling good. I feel positive about this show. Uh, I do have one more song that I would like to get to, so I'm going to play that right now. Uh, it's even shorter than the last one, so that's good. The song is by a tribe called Quest, and it is called We the People. We'll be back in a minute. believe you because we the people are still here in the rear yo we don't need you you ain't killing off good young nigga move when we get hungry we eat the same fucking food the ramen noodle it's simple voodoo it's so maniacal reliable to pull a juju the irony is that this bad bitch in my lap she don't tell me she make money she don't study that she gon' give it to me ain't gonna tell me none of that she gon' take the brain away the place she spit on that the doors and signs with it. Don't try to rhyme with it. VH1 has a show that you can waste your time with. Guilty pleasure, take the edge off reality. And for a salary, I'll probably do that just sporadically. The OG Gucci boots are spitting with the piranhas. The IRS piranhas see a nigga getting confident. Niggas in the hood living in a fishbowl. Gentrify here, now it's not a shithole. Trendsetter, I know my shit's cold. Hands setting me because I ain't so over there. All you black folks, you must go. All of you Mexicans, you must go And all of you poor folks, you must go Muslims and gays Boy, we hate your ways so All of you bad folks, you 
in the smog of the media, the logs, false narratives of guys that came up against the odds. We're not just nigga rappers with the bars. It's kismet that we cosmic with the stars. You masses overlooking street art, better yet street smart, but you keep us off the chart. Some of the fucking numbers ain't your statisticians. Fuck you know about true competition. Just like the A.O. picture on there talking about he hitting. The only one who's hitting are the ones that's currently spitting. We got your Missy Smitten rubbing on a little kitten. Dreaming of a world that's equal for women with no division. Boy, I tell you, that's vision. Like Tony Romo when he hitting with it. The tribe be the best in eight division. Shaheed Muhammad cut it with precision. Who can come back years later still hit the shot? Still I'm trying to move you off the fucking block. Babylon blood clot. You upon your head, Todd. All you black folks, you must go. All you Mexicans, you must go. All right, that was a tribe called Quest. That's from their new album, which I believe is called We've Got It From Here, Thanks For Your Service. A uh, song was called We The People, and that band loves their ellipses because there's one in the album name and one in the song name. Um, right near the end of the show now so we're i'm just gonna fly through some of these events and then uh, me and diana are gonna just chat for the rest of it so today is thursday well this event's over so we're gonna move on tomorrow is uh friday the second it is the jingle mingle artisan craft market at omtown yoga studio at 43 commercial street it is a free event and it runs from four till eight on saturday milner gardens christmas magic at milner gardens and woodland uh 2179 west island highway in qualicum from 5 to 8 30 there is a suggested donation of five dollars uh on the fourth uh island consort a ceremony of carols at the brecken united church 1998 estevan road starts at 7:30. students pay only five dollars on the 5th, the Spotlight Series presents Canada's Royal Winnipeg Ballet in the Nutcracker at uh, the Port Theatre. Starts at 7.30. Uh, students pay $25. Stressbusters Dog Therapy at the VIU Library on the Nanaimo campus from 1 to 2.30. On Tuesday, it is free and you need to go. Even if you don't have class, go to campus and pet the dogs. I went last year. It was great. I met a lot of dogs. Um... The, on Wednesday the 7th, the Ladysmith Festival of Lights, downtown Ladysmith after dark. So like three. Uh, and it's a free event in Ladysmith. And on Thursday, um, I mean, that'll be the next episode of the show. However, Oh Christmas Tea, a British comedy at the Port Theater. It's 125 Front Street. Starts at 730 and students pay $25. And if you tune in next Thursday, you're going to hear an interview that I did with James and Jamesy, the stars of Oh Christmas Tea, um, here on the show. So that will be fun. They're really, really funny guys, and I recommend going, getting your tickets to that and then listening to the interview. It's not in the Navigator, so it's even better because it's its own unique little piece of content that you will all love. Um, oh, I've got a, an intruder in the studio. Oh, all right. Um, but uh, I, don't, I have no idea why. So um, that's that's the events part. And we've got a few minutes. So I was thinking, did you need something, Arby? Uh, There's a new Keltner twist. Oh, I've got it. Oh, a new one. A new, I, I see. F1 on that. Okay. 
<laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we're happy to have you here. Um, yeah, we're just doing some behind the scenes stuff, and you guys have to listen to it because, again, this is my show, and that's just what I do. There we go. <laughs> New. So, uh, yeah, now we're going to be playing the proper episode of Kelton the Twist after this show is over. Um, Diana, how have you enjoyed your time here on the Masthead? Well, before I let you know that, I do want to highlight that on yeah. the 10th of December, we have pet pictures with Santa happening. I saw at that, yes. Bosley's. Um, I'm going to try and, and wrangle my cat to get on board with that, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. And if you do, I want to see like a video documentary done of that because that just tickles me so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was great coming on the show. It was super fun to be able to sit here with you and and um, and giggle about some of the things that we've been sharing with you, Nanaimo. <laughs> <laughs> we are a sherry bunch, that's for sure. We're a sherry um, bunch. And it's nice because Brendan, you and I have known each other since we were teenagers since before we were teenagers oh god that's probably right. 14 years old and so um we said we're like well, how is it that the most time we have to hang out is during a radio show that needs to be remedied but yeah probably won't till classes are done <laughs> oh yeah i mean maybe maybe in like a year and a half when i'm done my degree i'll have time to to be friends with people again <laughs> <laughs> we will um, count down the days yeah there is uh, i forgot to mention there's a bunny well there's no stairs but there uh, we like to do bunnies and stairs here um there is one bunny for the lpn instructor who reminded me not to be so hard on myself she is proud to watch everyone in the program blooming with knowledge and wisdom so that's very nice um and if that was uh you that's fabulous do you have any bunnies or stairs you'd like to get off your chest i've got a bunny yeah i've got a bunny that i'd like to get off my chest which sounds really weird when you say it like that yep. <laughs> um, i'd I like had, to but i like to where we are now <laughs> I'm bringing it to, to Christmas photos with Santa. No, um, I would like to give a, a, a bunny to, how do you phrase that properly? I don't know. To the nurse practitioner at the Health and Wellness Center on campus. Her name is Diane Midegg. I don't know if I said that properly, but she is the best um, health practitioner I've ever been to. I find her very extremely open, thorough, honest, patient. And, um, you know, for anyone who feels uncomfortable going to see a doctor, specifically women going to see a doctor about health issues, um, I definitely don't hesitate to check in at the Health and Wellness Center at VIU if you have any concerns. Absolutely. You, you guys need to use those services. They, they're there for you. So please use them. Yeah. Um, if you would like to submit a bunny or a stare, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, a bunny is something nice, funny, positive, or sweet that's happened in your life, and a stare is something mean, annoying, or negative that's happened, uh, you can send all of those to editor at the nav.ca or tweet at the nav VIU, uh, and uh, we'll publish them in the paper and read them on the show. I mean, not until 2017. So you've got all Christmas to send in your bunnies and your stares, uh, and I don't see any reason why not. Um, so that's going to be it for us at the masthead this week. As always, I want to take a minute and give credit where credit is due and mention the amazing people who make this show possible in the first place from the navigator, our editor in chief, Molly Barrio, our art director, Avery Crossan, our associate editor, Natalie Gates, whose voice you heard earlier in the show, the news editor, Aislin Cattell, responsible for a lot of what we did here, as well as Cole Schisler, our sports and lifestyle editor. Production manager Catherine Charbois, our graphic designers Jessica Pearson and Zyrie Hoskins, our web editor Spencer Smith, our social media manager Elisa Dorkson, our bookkeeper Lynn Williams, our business manager Christine Frenick, and our copy editor, sex columnist, and even co-host Diana Pearson, who is who is here. And of course, uh, everyone here at CHOY who lets me uh, come on the air for two hours and, and ramble. Uh, and of course, there's also me, uh, your, art, your host and arts and entertainment editor, so... 
Those are all the people that uh, get some props. Now, please take a minute to find the masthead, the navigator, and CHOY on Facebook for updates and to stay in the know. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. It helps. Um, the more you know reviews and feedback we get, the more featuring we get in the iTunes store which it, it does help people hear the show. Uh, finally, please get in touch with us. The show cannot improve without your feedback, and I would love to hear from you. Use hashtag MastheadRadio on Twitter or email me at themastheadradio at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, um, and please do come back next week. Uh, of course, thank you, Diana, for, for joining me here in the studio today. It was a genuine pleasure. Uh, next week is the season finale of the show, so we've got all kinds of fun things planned, and none of them might happen. So I guess we'll find out uh, when it comes time to that, and that'll be next Thursday at 1pm on 101.7 FM CHLY. We're going to close the show with a song by Highly Suspect called Little One, and we'll see you next week.